You're listening to the Habitology Podcast with Melanie White and today's episode is called Validation. I'm specifically talking in relation to the results that your clients can get by working with you in your coaching business. And in my last episode, I talked about how you can sell more coaching programs with the inclusion of monitoring data. And that's the backstory for today's episode. And the reason I've chosen the title validation is because I want to show you why and how rigorous, high quality data is your secret weapon for helping your clients to validate and get better results to make long lasting change and for you to create more value or sales higher prices and greater profits in your coaching business. If that sounds like something you want, stick around. The first question to ask, I suppose, is what exactly is validation? And I want to give you two simple definitions. The first definition of validation is the action of checking or proving the accuracy of something. And the second is the recognition or affirmation that something is valid or worthwhile. And both of those definitions are relevant in the context I'll explain today. One of the most important things to preface this episode is that change is really hard for our brains. And data, physical, tangible data, gives our brains the validation they need to decide that a habit is worth continuing, that our coaching program is helping them to get results, and that the data is proving that what they're doing is having a measurable impact. And let's dive deeper into that and explore why validation matters. I want to start with an example of this. Let's say that your client is living a really stressful life. She's got kids, she's at work, she's in a managerial role or running a business. She's got a lot going on and she quite likes the idea of getting back into regular meditation as a habit that she can do to help her relieve her stress. The thing is that to create a consistent habit, you know as her coach that she'll need to convince her brain that the habit is worth doing. Otherwise, she'll do it for a little while and then stop. And the reason that happens is because the human brain prefers to run efficiently on autopilot, doing the things that it already knows how to do so well so that it can focus on leaving that stuff in the background and focusing on threat, survival and fun and engaging things. So therefore, according to your client's brain, having to focus on developing a new habit is a bit of a chore and possibly a risk. Aside from learning how to do the habit, her brain is going to require a process of learning a whole bunch of micro habits before and after the habit is done. She's going to have to rewire some entrenched entrenched behaviours that happen before and after the meditation, for example, so that she can actually do the meditation and make it automatic. Here are some examples of that so you're really clear on what I'm talking about. It's not just meditation that your client will have to become familiar with and learn how to do and turn into a habit. She'll also have to learn to stop doing what she's doing to make time for the meditation. She might have to learn how to say no to people. She might have to physically set time aside. She might have to stop saying that she's too busy to do something and then just do the darn 10 minutes of meditation. As she juggles those competing priorities and her already entrained habits that create stress, her brain's going to start to realise that taking a simple habit like 
starting a simple habit like 10 minutes of meditation is actually hard to fit in, commit to and do consistently. That's going to feel uncomfortable. She'll have the urge to continue with her more important things and she'll do it later. And on top of that, a day after she meditates, she might feel totally stressed again and her brain will question how effective meditation really is because the results may not be huge or immediate. Then her belief system could jump on the bandwagon and she might start telling herself, this is too hard. I might as well give up. I'm probably going to fail anyway. I'm not very good at being consistent because I'm so busy. And this is why validation with evidence-based data is so important. It does more than just prove to your client's brain that the habit is safe, effective and worth the effort. It also gives tangible evidence to your client that they're capable of change and that the results are worth pursuing. It will allow them to uncover things that they hadn't thought of in the process of rewiring their habits. And this is really important for habits that have little to no visible or immediate impact. Take exercise, for example. This is a physical habit where you have a visible immediate impact. You feel an endorphin rush. You sweat. You might lose a couple of kilos or you might bulk up pretty quickly. And that's a tangible impact. It makes you want to exercise more, even if it's uncomfortable or a bit inconvenient. Compare that with something like deep breathing exercises or meditation, which will help you to lower your blood pressure and stress hormones. Now, those are two pretty invisible measures, and over time they'll show that what you were doing had a gradual and positive impact, but there are no immediate rewards. So there's no dopamine hit necessarily to say, hey, you achieved something, you had a big impact, it made a big difference. And that's why we need to really be onto this data thing. It begs the question, How do we help our clients to monitor and measure progress for those more invisible habits? What kind of data are going to be most meaningful? So I want to talk about that data now and specifically two types of data. Firstly, qualitative data and then quantitative data. And I want to keep this kind of simple so it's easy to understand. Qualitative data is also called subjective data. And that's the kind of data that most coaches use in their coaching businesses and programs. We use tools that are subjective, and that means that the clients are rating themselves somehow. We use various quizzes, questionnaires, one to 10 rulers, sleep diaries, logging sheets, other things where clients are rating the quality of something or how they felt afterwards. And the goal is to help clients understand what they're feeling who they are and what's changing for them. They might rate hunger, energy, mood, stress, sleep, quality, their responses to food and that kind of thing. Now, let me just say that qualitative data is really important because it captures how the client is feeling at any given moment. But the problem is that that information is subject to bias. A client might wake up tired and the way they rate themselves in particular things might be very different than if they wake up really excited about something and happy. A client who self-rates might feel exuberant one day and two days later they might feel miserable and that mood will skew the data. Even more high-level scientifically validated questionnaires can be influenced by this bias. And this occurred in my business recently. I had a client do a quiz several times 
because she wasn't sure that her answers were accurate and she got different answers every time. So let me put you in the client shoes for a moment. Imagine you just did a quiz a few different times and you got a different answer every time. How would you feel about that data if that were you? How much would you trust that data? How would you rely on it? Would it give you an accurate picture of what's going on for you in your life, in your body, in your mind? And that's why I believe that coaching programs can really be bolstered by the secret weapon of rigorous data that's collected in an accurate way using high-powered technology. This kind of data gives the validation that our clients need to believe that they can do something, to believe that their new habits are working and that they're actually getting results. It deepens their results. And let me now talk about quantitative data, that objective data that's measured accurately using numbers as a simple definition. When our clients go beyond the quiz or the questionnaire and the self-rated data and they start to use calibrated devices that measure physiological data, it can show them the impact of their habits on their bodies and minds. One of the best examples I can give you is a bioimpedance scale which measures body composition, in other words, bone, fat, muscle and water. While it's not as accurate as a DEXA scan, bioimpedance is an easy and accessible measure that quantifies body weight, muscle mass, bone mass, hydration and body fat percentage reasonably accurately. Obviously, the more expensive models are going to give you more accurate data and a DEXA scan is by far the most accurate. But I bought one of these bioimpedance scales or monitors early on in my business in 2005, as a matter of fact, and I used it initially as a marketing tool. Here's what happened. I moved into state and I didn't know anybody and I needed to get some clients on my books so that I could start practicing some of my methods and getting clear on how I wanted to run my business. And at local health expos, I hired booths, a couple of these in my local area, and I had lines of people out the door, literally wanting to get their body composition measured, measured while other vendors in those expos stood at their empty stands wondering what was going on. I'm not kidding you. I remember being in a hall in my local town and there were 20 people in the hall with desks set up ready to talk to potential customers and I had a huge line of people going out the door waiting to stand on my scale and be measured. I almost needed someone to help me and I didn't know anybody. It was really weird. And everyone on the other table was looking over and craning their necks and trying to see what I was doing because they thought, why is everyone over there and not over here? It was an incredible marketing tool. And then I started to use the scale in my coaching program to help my clients to see tangible changes in their bodies inside and out in conjunction with some of those other qualitative and some other quantitative measures so I actually use a lot of different monitoring tools in my programs so that my clients really become self-aware. They totally understand their bodies and then they're more empowered to make change that suits them and their bodies. They get to live life on their terms in their way. And all of these methods that I use give my clients plenty of evidence that change is actually occurring and it helps them to understand where and how those changes are happening. On top of that, it gave me a huge data set that I could use to demonstrate typical client outcomes in my marketing. 
For example, after working with five or 600 clients and getting that data, I could clearly, accurately and truthfully say that 99% of my clients lost weight during my program, ranging from 3 to 15 kilos, with the majority of that being body fat, based on the numbers recorded on the scale. And this was backed up by tape measure measurements and other things that my clients recorded. And in addition to that, because I'd used all of these other monitoring tools, my clients would talk about feeling more energized, being more clear-headed, less stressed, confident and calmer. They were looking beyond their weight on the scale and looking at all of the other positive impacts that their habit changes were having. So all of those things that they measured during the life of their program gave them a great awareness of what had changed. And they loved this physiological data because it proved that their lifestyle changes were having an impact and it validated how they felt. Now, you can imagine what it did for my marketing. I was able to go from a few clients in a pilot program and scale immediately into a, a fully booked coaching program that I ran for three and a half years in my local area. And my clients would say things to me like, I know that there's real science behind this. I trust it. And I've gotten so much more out of this program than I ever expected. And best of all for me is they stopped just talking about their weight and started talking about how they felt on the inside, what was changing in their minds, because they'd let go of this one specific number on which everything hinged. They had a greater view of the benefits of making lifestyle habit change. All of that with a simple scale and a few monitoring tools. Now, I think what's really exciting is that more recently, there's some higher tech options that have come up to get even better quality and more meaningful data. A few that come to mind could include the heart rate strap and watch that measure exercise performance that came around, came out in the 90s, I think. Also now, there are a variety of wearable watches that measure various physiological data. And I'm really excited to see how that evolves. I can imagine what my clients are going to say in future when I use these devices as part of their coaching program. And I'm really excited about the value and the precision and the accurate response measurement that's going to be developed, that's going to give them so much more control over their own lives, over their own well-being, and over their health outcomes. And for me as a coach and for the coaches who use these interventions, it's going to add tangibility to our somewhat intangible services. It's going to help our clients to quickly identify which of their habit-based interventions are having the greatest impact and help them to pinpoint where to focus their energy. It's no use doing something that isn't working, right? And for those invisible symptoms, how do you know that something's working? You actually need a way to measure that. Our clients are going to have a greater appreciation for the effectiveness of habit-based intervention. They're going to see, wow, all these things that feel like they're nothing are actually doing something. And they'll be clear on the best solutions for managing their physical and mental health. Finally, it's going to give us coaches a competitive advantage over other people. And it's going to help us to sell more programs at higher prices, retain our clients for a longer period, as has been my own experience in my own coaching business. Years later, I'm still getting clients coming back to me who want to get monitoring data. And that's proof beyond what I could ever expect. I had no idea when I bought that scale, when I first started using hard data for validation, that's, that I could have such an impact 
and that I would have such longevity in my client uh, base. Before I wrap up, I just want to say I'm really excited to be sharing some very interesting research in this area in coming months. Stay tuned. But for now, if you'd like to know more about monitoring and measuring or you have questions on this episode, please get in touch at melaniejwhite.com forward slash contact. Look forward to catching up with you soon and see you next time.